13 through 14, and I'm going to go right back into something that Pastor Jen spoke. I'm just going to hit, I'm just going to hit it real quick, and then I'm going to go into some things that God has really spoke to me. Enter by the narrow gate, <laughs> for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. How many of us seen the way is easy and it's wide and it's leading to destruction? We are seeing that in the hour we're in right now. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And we'll say it again. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard. It's not going to be easy. I'm just going to let you know that uh, the narrow gate is not easy. So if you need to step on out, go ahead. No. It's not easy. It's a hard way. But it's worth the way. And some of us have been in that hard way. But it's so worth that way. And those who find it, find it, are few. Have you ever seen some of your family members and you know they're in the, in the gate that's wide you know it you've seen it you see the demonstration of it and you so want them in that narrow way and some of them don't want to go to that narrow way because it's a hard way but it's worth the way you know sometimes it's easier to go onto a big path and lay back and take your oars and throw them away and just let it all happen but that's not how God instructed that. He instructed us to go to the narrow way, which she was talking about the narrow-mindedness, the truth. The only, I kind of wrote this down, Pastor Jen. I don't know where she's at. She's in a window somewhere. I see her. There she is. But I kind of went back to some of your sermon, and you know what I do? I write. Because I'll go back to it, and I'll... I'll read back to what just happened because I don't want to miss a step. I don't want to, I don't know if you take notes on your phone and sometimes I'll hand a piece of paper and somebody, I got a youth that says, I'm taking notes on my phone. Where do you go? I said, ooh, I'm old school. Here's your paper and pen. I couldn't type fast enough with my thumbs trying to take notes, but that's okay. If that's, if that's your generation, you go right ahead. If you need to take notes, you go right ahead. Amen. She said, the only way we can change our mindset is we must be narrow-minded. Live your truth, God's truth. Truth is narrow. Isn't it funny how somebody will say something to you and you know it's not the truth? And they, they are trying to convince you that it is and you know that. You're standing right there thinking to yourself, that's not the truth. And they've so believed lies that they, they lie to get out of a lie to get out of a lie. And then they convince themselves that they're in truth. When in reality, they're standing in a wide gate believing. Because, you know, it, the world now is, is going, doing whatever they want to do. You can be this. You can be that. They are what, who, where. There's signs everywhere. And you can be whatever you want. That's not a narrow gate. That's the wide gate. And so it's trying to display itself in this hour. And, you know, sometimes you want to talk to some people to say, oh, my goodness, you need to hurry up. You need to hurry up and get in this narrow way. But you need to know the truth, for the truth will set you free so you can tell them of the truth. She also said, truth will bring discipline. And discipline your, for it will discipline yourself. Truth will bring discipline. People don't like discipline. My kids, I love you, Brandon. Dear Lord, God gave me grace when he gave me, I love you, Brandon. But there was times that I disciplined. Yep, I, I get you. She's pointing right at you. Your mama's here today. She's, she, first time she's come here to the church. Come on. But she's pointing at him about a discipline. 
But truth will, will bring discipline. You see what I'm saying? If, if, if you don't walk by that, then you can, you'll, you'll do whatever you want. You'll walk wherever you want. You'll be whatever you want to be. And by the end of the day, you say, man, what just, what just happened? Well, God, where are you, God? Well, I just watched you do whatever you wanted. You, could, you wanted to go in any of them gates. You wanted to do anything you wanted to do. Because he gives us a choice. He didn't say, oh, now, are you going to listen to me? Are you going to listen to me? Are you going to listen to me? You ever had your child and you go, I said no. I said no. I'm about to give you a whooping. I said no. Now, I'm not kidding you. I said no. And I said, no, you didn't. You've said that five times and you never did discipline him. You're lying. So they know that you, you're not going to give them the whipping or you're not going to discipline them. So they act and they go on a wide path because they know you're not going to do that. So your truth wasn't your truth. I took the door off the hinges with Brandon. I said, oh, so you're not going to listen to me? Click, click. Take the door off, Pop. Nope. You're not having that, 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 or that. I thank God I did that. I thank God. Oh, he bucked. And all I could do was sit there and pray and ask God about certain things. And God answered my prayer. Man, I'm telling you. He started taking him through certain things to narrow his place. Then he bucked again because it got narrow. And you know what's awesome is when you discipline, watch. When you discipline and you've done everything you can to do that. And all of a sudden God said, no, now I need you to get out of the way. And now watch what I'm getting ready to do. And God would send people his way. And all of a sudden, they, and it didn't make you mad, Deb, when people will say the same thing you said as a mom and your child will listen to them. What? Your child will listen to them. And I said, well, I just said this. And the Lord would tap on me. He said, I... Did you get out of my way? Where two or more are gathered in his name, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And God used somebody else. I didn't know who that was, but that's all right. And sometimes it's not easy when there's discipline. And sometimes you have to stay very stern. And Macy, I love you. Dear Lord Jesus, help her. She's got three sons. Well, four, actually, Brandon. Anyway. But, you know, that's not easy when you say, I said. Don't do that. And I watched this morning as Tyree, and he's got this little bit that's just now starting to walk, the cutest little thing I've ever seen. And he starts trying to knock stuff off the table over there in the front, in the foyer. And he said, I said, no. And he pulled his hand back. You didn't know what I was getting ready to speak on. He looks at his dad. He went to grab that again. He goes, no, I said, no, you're not going to do that. He looks back at his dad, and he walks away from it. And I thought, uh-uh. If he'll listen, and if he'll take heed, and when you said no, you meant no. Because, see, sometimes we say no, and we don't mean no. We're just saying it just to say it. I said you're not going to play that video game anymore. You turn around, they're still playing the video game. I said Discipline's a hard thing. Where the mind goes, the man follows. All that a man achieves and all that he fails to achieve is direct result of his own thoughts. All that a man achieves, listen, and all that he fails to achieve is direction of the direct result of the thoughts. It all starts right here. Everything that you achieve and everything that you fail to achieve is right here. Oh. The way we think is far more important 
then we often realize and our thoughts impact every aspect of our existence, either positive or negative. The way we think is either positive or negative. You ever been to, around somebody that's negative all the time and you don't want to be around? I, or the phone will ring. The phone will ring, and I know that person is going to speak negative the whole time. I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, help me. Do you want me to answer that? Because sometimes he'll want me to answer that because I'm going to say something. And why do you come back to me? Why do I keep coming back to you when you're going to tell me the truth? I said, but are you going to listen to the truth? Some of you in this room have made phone calls to me. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to discipline that. I love you enough to say, Brandon, scoot your foot over. You're a little off today. You're a little off. You've been a little off. And I'm not saying you have been. I'm just saying I'm giving an example. You might be. I don't know. What? <laughs> the O-N. But see, you have to be disciplined so you can discipline. Some people try to discipline and they've not been disciplined and they've been doing things out of order and so it brings control. Come on, somebody. And so you got the Jezebel and the Ahab of control. I don't care if it's in leadership of a church or in leadership of your business and they try to discipline you and they've not been disciplined themselves and you're standing there looking at them thinking, well, you just cussed out somebody just a while ago, and you're trying to tell me that, oh, now you know Jesus loves you. What? You cannot discipline something if you've not been disciplined yourself. And the reason somebody as a mother or a father keeps saying it over and over and over and over again is because you've not disciplined yourself to say, I said no. If I have to take that from you, I'm going to take. But you know what some parents do now? It's convenient. Why don't you go ahead and take that video game and go in your room? Because then now, now you're not in my hair. So you didn't finish your discipline. You just want to. Come on, somebody. I'm getting under the skin of somebody and someone You might not discipline yourself at your job. Nobody else sees you. So I'm just going to be like the other people. And so I don't discipline myself to stand in what is the truth of that narrow way, that narrow gate, that narrow mindedness. You know what? We might not see you, but God sees everything. Our thoughts affect our relationships, our self-image, our finances, our health, physical, emotional, spiritual. Come on, somebody. Our productions at work, at home, the way we manage our time, our priorities, our abilities to enjoy life. This is right here. You wonder why some of you don't enjoy life? Right here. Right there. I've been... For the last couple of months, I want to do things joyfully. I don't want to do it because it's a task. I don't want to do it because I have to do it. Do I like mopping my floor? I love you, Pop. Where do you go? But we try to do things. We've been trying to really work on that to say, you know what? We want to do things. We don't want to do it as a task. I'm not doing Saturday as a task. I'm doing that. I'm about to shout about that. I love that. I'm going to bow my knee to some little kids that maybe just need love and support and guidance. You know what I mean? We must change the way we think. We must learn to think as he thinks. Romans 12, 2. We all know this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 
It's impossible to change our lives unless and until we change our thoughts. We can't change our lives until we change our thoughts. And it's interesting because you'll be doing something. I've been catching myself. You've been doing something, and all of a sudden you go, I'm not supposed to go that way anymore. Wait a minute. I got a new mindset. What's, what's going on here? And some of you have maybe, you know, we had seven and, no, actually eight, eight salvations last week. Eight salvations last week. People where I was standing was weeping. I need Jesus Christ. I need Jesus. Okay, well, that first beginning is a hard mindset. It's a change of the mind. And everything that you used to do, you won't do. And you won't know. It's not normal. And sometimes your feet want to go back to that one place. But if you would stand in that truth, in that narrow place, God's going to raise you up in an hour, Rich, that I've never seen before in my life. He's getting ready to do something. You'll stay in that place. You stay in that truth. Today, I want to give you tools that can make you strong where you've been weak. Triumph where you've been defeated. Positive where you've been negative. Courageous where you've been afraid. Successful where, you've been, where you have failed. The only way to change your life is to change your thinking. The only way. I want you to go with me to Hebrews 12. And I'm going to read a few scriptures here. And I'm speaking today on disciplined mind. If we can discipline our mind... It will be the new thing and the new you. If we can stay disciplined, and I, when Pastor Jen spoke on the narrow gate and the narrow-mindedness, God spoke to me as clear as day, and he said, when you get in that narrow way and that narrow gate, you have to be disciplined. You can't say, oh, oh, I made it to the narrow gate. Oh, I made it to the narrow way. And you don't enjoy it. You do it with a struggle. You do That's not how he wants that. Because you're not going to be a good example to that. People will watch you. To see how you do with a narrow place. You ever felt a narrow place in your life? And you feel like you've turned sideways and you've been oiled down to get through this place. And he takes all the things away from you. Like a camel. You know, can you imagine? Here they're, here they're walking, and they got all this load on a camel, and then all of a sudden there's two mountains, and it's very, very narrow. And they're looking back at each other, and they're going, we can't get that camel through there. And we, we surely can't get all this stuff that we carried with us through that place. So what happens? You start undoing stuff, and you start taking things off. You start undoing stuff, and you start taking things off. I don't know about you, but I like that narrow place. Is it easy? No. It said it's, it will be hard that way. But it's worth it, and you can have joy in it. Hebrews 12. Verse 7. God is educating you. This is in the message. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. Uh. He's treating you as children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment. It's training. Come on, somebody right there. This punishment, you think it is? It's not punishment. It's training. We're about to come into a training of discipline in the mind. You think God ain't going to get ready to do something in this women's ministry on Tuesday? You better believe it. We're about to discipline ourselves 
in the word. And you know what's awesome about it? Is you discipline by yourself and then you get it with a group of people and iron sharpeneth iron so the continent of my friend you all of a sudden see a different perspective nobody's running that women's thing God's running that women's thing he's the one that's going to lead it so that's a whole new thing for us again as women not saying that God doesn't want to have ones lead it but you dig And you get at a table and see what gets ready to happen. Because then you can discipline yourself privately. Oh, come on. And you can discipline yourself corporately. I don't want anybody in my foxhole that's not disciplined. That they shoot at the hip all the time and say, oh, no, I got this. No, I got you. No, I'm covering you. No, I got you. you. Don't you get my back if you're not disciplined. Faithfulness. Verse 8, the, the normal experience of a children, only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? We respect our parents for training and not spoiling us. So why not embrace God's training so, he can truly, so you can truly live? Why not embrace it? Why not embrace this discipline? Verse 10. While we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them. But God is doing what is best for us, training us to live God's holy best. At the time, right here, right here. Verse 11. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. You feel like you're going against the grain? Maybe going against the grain in the world or going against the grain of your family or you feel like you're going against the grain. At that time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain, but later, of course, it pays off handsomely. It's going to pay off what is disciplined in your life. For it is a well-trained who find themselves mature in the responsibility with God. It's well-trained who find themselves... You want to be mature? That's quiet. Do you want to be mature? It's the well-trained that mature in the relationship with God. So don't sit around on your hands. No more dragging your feet. Make straight paths for your feet. Here we go. Narrow place, Jen. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame might be out of joint but rather healed. Anything that's out of joint can be healed. You out of joint today? Anything that's out of joint, lame, shall be healed if there's discipline. I don't know about you, but that... That blesses me. If you watch the Olympics, the World Series, or the Super Bowl, they train hard and they work hard. A gold medal or a championship title is at stake. Ones who work hard receive rewards for their efforts. We're going to see rewards for the efforts on Saturday. We're not looking for your rewards in heaven. But but it says, you shall reap what you sow. We will see a reward. We will see because of our hard work and efforts. You see, when you're in carpentry work and you turn around and you see the, the finished thing that is so beautiful because of the hard work that you do. Training, work. Sacrifice, bring benefits into our lives. Like someone crossing the finish line in a race, they knew what it took to win. They worked hard. They trained hard. And when they got to that finish line, they knew what it took to get there. Do you know what it takes to get there? Because as a church... As a body, we need to know what it takes to get there. 
We don't need just some of them going, oh, I know what it takes. Leadership knows what it takes to get there, but I'll just sit down and just row my boat somewhere else. No, we need to all know what it takes to get there. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we have tamed cheap, we esteem too lightly. What we attain cheap, we esteem too lightly. Before we can ever receive a prize or enjoy a reward, we have to work required. The invest time, energy, dedication is what it takes for a reward that is sweet. It's investing. It's dedication. It's hard work. If God had something to you, for you to do and you went to college and you started doing the things that you did and it was hard work and you had to get in there, nobody else, you know, and now the colleges, you just flip up your laptop and you do college work. And some of them don't even go to the college itself. Well, guess who has to do the work? You got to open up the laptop. You're the one that's going to have to get up and do the things that you need to do. Don't call Google. Hey, can you give me the answer to this? You know what? You're going to fall short because you don't know what it is. When we study and we get in, we'll see the reward. We'll see what effort and what we've done as a church. It's going to be sweet. Has it been easy? No. Have we dug? Yeah. 11 years Starting at me and Pop's home, I think there was eight, eight people there. God said it. We did it. Was it easy? Was it going against the grain? It was going against every grain there was. Every grain there was, Deb. But we pressed on. We want to do things in excellence. We keep ourselves accountable to each other. We stand together. We pray together. Do you hear me? We are the church. This ain't about remnant. This is about the church. Without a spot or without a wrinkle. You know, when, you, when God starts ironing you, man, it don't feel good. But it's worth it. Hard work, training, it's worth it. Investment, energy, dedication, it all falls under the category of disciplined mind. Every bit of that falls in that category. A disciplined life is a powerful life. It is something that when I say discipline, and I thought about this when I was studying this, a lot of people have been disciplined the wrong way of abuse. God just really, I started praying for all that because that causes you not to want to get too close to what God's trying to do within the leadership and discipline and what God's saying and how he's saying it. You know, there's sometimes I can just go give somebody and say, hey, listen, I got to just talk to you real quick about something. And it's just a discipline and it's just sweet as can be. And sometimes I, you better move your foot or I'm coming to your house. And not in a bad way. It's just that urgency that I feel or that urgency that pastors feel. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes people get standoffish because they've been so hurt from what they, all they heard in their lives was not the right discipline. It was abuse. And so I know that God is stirring that today of what it really means and what it really is, you know. Learning to be disciplined and to practice self-control will keep you from laziness. Learning discipline and self-control, you get, them things go hand in hand. You got to self-control yourself. You got to do that. You yourself, you got to think about that. I am disciplined. I walk in self-control. 
I've been doing this all week. I am disciplined. I walk in. So, you know what? You keep saying that. Do you know that that starts thinking, you start thinking about that? And it can start changing your mindset. I am disciplined. I walk in self-control. I am disciplined. Poor pop. I walk in self-control. He said, you lost your mind? No, I'm gaining my mind. Thank you. But the more you say that and the more you keep walking in that, the more you will become that. I'm disciplined. I walk in self-control. Discipline is the price of freedom. It's the door to liberation. When we are not disciplined, we become slaves and we fall under the power of things that should not control us. When we are not disciplined, discipline means to train or develop by instructions and, and exercise, especially in self-control. If you want discipline, you're going to have to have self-control. So if somebody cuts you off on the highway, uh-oh, or somebody's in the line, pop, love you, pop, in the line in front of you at the bank, and they've been there for 45 minutes, and somebody else is behind you in a car, love you, pop, and somebody else is behind you in a car, and you can't get out. Do you have self-control or are you going to roll down your window and say, what's taking so long? Honk, honk, honk. Uh-huh. I got you, babe. And here I am studying and I said, was that self-control? And he said, no. He said, it made me so mad. She did three transactions, and she was there for 45. I said, was that self-control? No. I said, do you see what I'm studying? Forgive me, Lord. But in our lives, not just, you know, as a church, but personally. You, 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 see, you got to do things personally and corporately. Anything you do personally should just reflect itself. Oh, no, I'm going to do something corporately, and I'm going to, to give all my effort, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. But you're going to hell in a handbasket in your own house. That don't work that way. What you do in your own self should reflect what you do outside of yourself. And I'll tell you what, you'll be tested. Because, it, because the truth, when it comes out, it reveals itself. And he said, in the beginning, you're, you're not going to like this. And in Hebrews, it said, you're not going to like this. But in the end, it's going to pay dividends. Woo! I don't know about you, but I want dividends. Because I don't want the chump change. I don't want the bread that's laying on the floor. I want to sit up and scoot up at the table and eat like God wants us to. But how are you going to do that if you're always looking down and doing all the things that you're not supposed to do? We've got to discipline our minds, ourselves. Some of you have been struggling. I've been praying all week. And some of you have been struggling about discipline. Some of you have been struggling about doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. Oh, it's okay. I can do whatever I want. I can get on that chat. And I can talk to that person if I want. Nobody sees that. God sees that. And your reflection shows it. Your fruit is rotten. That's what it says. I don't want it to be rotten. But some of you smell. No. And all it is is just that adjustment I'm disciplined. I walk in self-control. My mind, I'm going to tell it. It's going to dis be disciplined. And it's going to walk in Every time you say that, do you know something clicks of a pattern in your mind? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Clicks in your mind. When, when I'm weak, he is strong. Click. 
and you set your order of your, the word of God in your mind and you discipline yourself. Self-control. The ability to, to control oneself, one's emotions and desires, expressions, behavior. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Emotions, behavior. Uh-oh. Love you, Daniel. I didn't, I'm not pointing. Anyway. Emotions, your expression, your behavior, that's self-control. You think I haven't been checked, check, check it at the gate. Check it at the door. She had no idea. Pastor Jen had no idea. Check it at, that's something that was prayed in the prayer room. Check that thing out. You got to check it out of here. And you got to check this in there. So your behavior, your ability to, to control yourself. Isn't it funny how something will get underneath your skin and all of a sudden somebody says something that just puts the heat on your neck and over your ears and you're about to turn around and say something. You got to self-control yourself. You got to check yourself. And all of a sudden, after you check yourself, you'll go, wait a minute. I'm disciplined and I'm self-controlled. This, this is called training. This is called when you, hand in hand, is discipline and self-control. They walk together. For example, when we do not practice self-control with our finances, we fall under the power of debt. Hello. When we don't practice discipline in our finances, we fall under the power of debt. Example. When we don't discipline ourselves to get enough rest, we become slaves to fatigue, which makes grouchy, makes us prone to make mistakes and very tired, and we can't make the, we can't make the decisions that are proper to make. So we got to check ourselves. I don't care if it's in your finances, discipline. If it's in your rest, discipline. If it's, whatever it is. If you can check yourself, maybe some of you said, no, I'm so in debt that, no, I'm, I'm, I didn't control that. I just let it happen. Well, if I don't have the money, then I'll just do this. And I'm just going to keep doing Well, you think the world ain't doing that right now? But you can get out of what you got yourself into. If you want to discipline yourself to do that. If you don't, and it's, oh my goodness, that's too hard to do. I mean, I would have to uh, crunch myself and say, mm, I'm not going to be able to go out to eat right then. And, and that's okay. And, and I'm not going to be able to get that right then. And that's okay. And, uh, but it's not easy to go th to that narrow place. And get yourself out of debt so you can be, come on. Do you want to bless what God wants to bless? Some of you really want to give out and do what you need to do, but you're so crunched in your finances. You're so in debt that you can't even put your hand in your pocket. It's called self-discipline. Is God checking? He's checking all of us. I mean, the light's on today. No, he's been checking all of us. Not just today, but he's just been, you know. And then the youth, we want, we want to train them to say, you know what? The very first thing you want to do, you want to give your 10%. When I was a little girl, I was six years old, and I worked with my dad in the grocery store, and he took me back to his office, and he said, you made $10. What do you give God? I said, he said, I said, well, what's that mean? He said, well, 10% of your 10. I said, that's a dollar. He said, if you do that for the rest of your life, God will bless that. And guess what? God's blessed that. But you have to be trained. If you've never, I was trained six years old. That's when God's, my daddy started telling me all the things that I needed. And the, I'm going to tell you, I got my butt whipped many times. You, you just, no wonder, Brandon. Anyway. My dad would say, I love you, but did you do that? 
No. He goes, oh, there's a second whipping. He goes, because I, I don't, God don't like liars. And all of a sudden, my head goes down. I said, I did do that. He goes, well, I love you, but I'm gonna, you're going to get two swats. Man, his, his belt hurt me so bad. But you know what? You don't see things anymore. People want to direct in an emotional thing to say, oh, well, now listen, so sit down. I thank God for discipline. I, th- I thank God for it. But he's, God's trying to establish us in discipline so we can align ourselves to the great thing of God's kingdom and what's coming if we can get through that narrow place and discipline ourselves in the training that he's trying to say, great will be, it's going to be sweet. Is it going to be hard work? It is. Is it going to be easy? No. First Timothy 4, 7 and 8. This is in the message. Stay clear of silly stories. That get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gym are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so. Making you fit both today and forever. My God, I'm going to shout right there. I'm telling you, it's all good to work out. Love you. But discipline in your workout and your training in God is much more than anything in a gym. You know, I told my son, I said, I fell off the wagon. I'm in trouble. He said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, I went to Florida and I've been exercising ever since before I went to Florida. And they had, she has four children. My Lord, she has four children and I'm busy. But I stopped exercising. And all of a sudden, I started feeling that. And guess what I have to do? I got to get back on track to do that. And guess what's going to happen? I'm going to hurt for three days. Because all of a sudden, my muscles are going to have to line up again to what God's wanting. Hear me. Because I don't want to be dragging when we have Easter. I don't want to be dragging when we have certain things and events that's happening. I want to go ahead and keep my step and keep my momentum of what God's wanting. We have to do things physically and spiritually. Because he said it's good. Workouts in the gym are useful. That's what it says. But disciplined life in God is far more so making you fit both today and forever. We should practice discipline in what we allow to see and hear. Come on. Our eyes and our ears are gateways into our soul and our spirit. You need to discipline what you hear and what you see, it's the gateway. You wonder, I don't have a phone on me because, yeah, anyway. You wonder why every time you turn around, they're going click, click, click. I said, what, what, what is that? Well, I got to keep up with, I don't even know what it's called, and they have to keep doing it over and over. I got to keep up with, I got so many, what's it called? See, I'm old-fashioned. Streak. Not streak that you go naked and run around. See, that's what I knew when streak was streak. Anyway, Pop, I love you. I know. But streak, so they had to keep up with, you know, I got 1,500 streaks, and I got to keep up with this because, and I'm like, is that what you do in your time? You streak? What is happening? And so they're disciplining their, come on somebody, they're disciplining their self. If they can discipline their self on their streak, they can discipline their self in God. But see, 
see the enemy and the world just places it out there that it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that. And it's okay. So they disciplined themselves in all these things because the enemy doesn't want them to do this. He doesn't want the youth to do this. He doesn't want the children to have this. He doesn't want you to have this. The eyes and the ears. We should guard with all diligence. You need to discipline yourself what you choose to watch and what you choose to hear. This starts with you choosing in your mind the choice to be narrow-minded with truth or a wonder or a wonder of undisciplined. Listen to what undisciplined means. Okay, so so I've been talking about discipline. Undisciplined. Disorderly. Think about it. Lawless, uncontrollable, unmanageable, unruly, disobedient, and out of line. Just peek out there in the world and see. Disorderly, lawless. They don't want to abide by no law. Well, a lot of times lawlessness is because they're fatherless. Come on. And so they've never had anybody to discipline them. Because there's fatherless in here. And so that goes in the line of lawlessness. So they can do whatever they want because nobody's ever disciplined them. So you can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. That's called undisciplined. An undisciplined mind can cause you to run here and there, chasing desire after desire. Rule your mind or it will rule you. I don't know about you, but I want to rule my mind. I want to I control, self-control, and discipline my mind. We must understand that the enemy wants our minds. He wants to control or influence as much as our thinking as possible. But we don't have to let him do that. You have to choose to say, uh-uh, uh-uh, no. I'm not going that way no more. I am disciplined and I am self-controlled. Nope, I'm not going that way anymore. Oh, but that's all you, that's, that's the only place you ever knew. That's the only place you ever knew. So, you know, isn't it funny how you go back to familiar things? You always lean back to familiar things. God don't want us to lean back to familiar things anymore. He wants to train us in the way we should go. Pull up your straps. Pull up your bootstraps. Is it easy? No. No. We must learn to discipline ourselves where our thinking is concerned. Most of us don't like the word discipline. But it's going to be worth it. I believe if we really understand the power, the liberty, the joy, the victory in discipline and what it brings in our lives, we would embrace it eagerly if we could really understand the joy and the victory of it. We would embrace it eagerly, joyfully. Some of you, you even been thinking while I've been talking, man, I need to discipline that. Ooh, man. And just like what Pastor Jen put up, you know, it's all them pieces in that puzzle, and there's a lot of things going on. There could be a lot of things going on in our mind, especially in our thinking. We're either going to have a happy life or a miserable life. What? A life of bondage to the enemy or a life of freedom in God. Discipline is a discipline. A discipline is a discipline. Discipline is obedience. Undiscipline is disobedience. You're either going to obey or not obey. It's just just the bottom line. Second Corinthians 10. And I'm getting ready to wrap this up. We've heard this many times. 
But I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 in the message. The world is unprincipled. It's dog-eat-dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have, never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation. Come on, somebody. Because, see, a lot of people, like I said earlier, they discipline but it's, it's for their own good. It's for their manipulation. It's for their... Do you get me? Some people will say it's discipline in the, in the big, huge marketplaces, in the big companies, and they're saying, this is what we're going to do. It was only for the benefit of him. It was only for the benefit of his money. Come on. So it could be manipulation. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. Uh, see, you got to think. You got to think personally, and then you got to think disciplined corporately. I'm going to say it again. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. You ever stood in front of a corrupt culture to pull down a stronghold in a city? Us. You couldn't do that if you didn't discipline yourself so you could. See, you do it personally and you do it corporately. Verse 5, we use our power God tools of smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. How are we going to tear down barriers erected against the truth of God? We're going to do that in discipline. We're going to do that in standing in what he wants, going through that narrow gate and seeing that corrupt culture coming down. Come on, somebody. Because if you are the light of the world, it will, you turn on that light, there's no darkness. But can you stand in discipline so you really can be that light? Or do you have a light belt like this and there's still shadows in it? Because you didn't discipline yourself. Tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life. What? Shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience with maturity. We're going to build lives of obedience with maturity. Oh, that should have been a shout right there because I'm. that's where we are. We're going to move and breathe and have our being in God and, and what he's wanting. Guess what? It starts with, there's no way that I could have spoke this without God dealing with, tap, 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 Holy Spirit. Tap, tap, tap. When, ta when Paul talks about tearing down strongholds, he speaks boldly to the church in Corinth regarding their negative thought patterns. So I'm going to speak boldly to the church of remnant. And every negative thought, every pattern, every stronghold that has held you captive, whether it be in your childhood, from trauma, from loss, from disobedience, from guilt, from sickness, from pain. He spoke to me, man telling you how many of you are ready to be disciplined in yourselves I want you to stand with me you know I had closed my Bible and you have no idea of my week that I had only a few know what I had been through and the enemy didn't like it he didn't like what was going to be said and I had closed everything, and man, I walked down the hallway in my house, and he said, uh, 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 
I want to heal some people, daughter. I said, okay, God. He said, I, I want you to call your leaders up. And so, Pastor Brandon and Jen, I want you to stand. I want you to turn around look at the congregation. Pastor Sam, Haley, I want you to stand. Pop, come here, Pop. Deborah Day. Woo, I don't know about you, but put your hands together for something's going on. I'm telling you right now, we need to let God do what he does best. We need to let God do what he, I think you need to just scoot down, Sam. Just scoot on down all the way down there because you're going to have some people who are going to be standing in front of you. And God spoke to me. You go ahead and put that on, Christy, please. Thank you. And he said, if you've been held captive by strongholds, might have been patterns in your childhood, might have been trauma. You know, if you're sick all the time, all the time, it's hard to discipline. It's hard, man. You go against the grain. Might have been loss. I've been healed by loss. I've been healed from rejection. I've been healed from abandonment. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you. But I had to go through that narrow place and that narrow gate. And there's discipline that God's trying to do and trying to say, I don't want you to be hindered. These ones right here, and I got to do this, Pastor Brandon. I found this. And I had that 11 years ago. And I want you to anoint their hands because... And if you feel like that there's a place that you need healed and a place that God's trying to do in your mind, I want you to come. I'm, I'm, that window is there. I need you to, I, I know some because I've been praying for it. And I need you to hurry. So everything's good. Any loss. Any abandonment, any rejection, a stronghold in your mind that you feel like that you can't conquer, come on up. Just come stand right in front of him. Stand right in front of Pop. Stand in front of whoever. Stand in front of them. There's some strongholds that God's getting ready to do. God's getting ready to heal. Some of you have had pain, emotional pain from things in your childhood that God's getting ready to heal. And this is going to take you to a narrow gate. It's good. It's all good. God's going to do some things in a great way. I want you to put on Psalm 63 for me, please. Come here, Star. Is there any way you could move that for me? Some of you have had guilt. There's some that are in here that I know, that I know, that I know. And you know, when you pull down a stronghold, see, a stronghold has been built in the mind that has caused you to be undisciplined. It's caused you to be disobedient. You didn't want to be disobedient, but in the puzzles of your mind from your childhood, it's caused things to overtake your mind and overtake you. I need you to turn that up. My God. If you need to extend your hand, I want you to extend. God's getting ready to do something to you, young man. God, I'm just telling you right now, God's getting ready to do something to you. I need, can you grab his hand right here, right beside you? Yes, yes. I, I need to, God. He's going to heal you, Bubba. You hear me? It's okay. I'm so sorry. For there is none to 
God loves you. He loves you. Tyree, can you come up and stand right beside him, please? If you'll just surrender all, I'm just telling you, today, if you'll surrender all, and accept him as Christ and Lord of your life, something so miraculous is going to happen to you today.